Now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Well, thank you, Mark Larson, and good evening, Southern California. Welcome again to another live edition of Rod and Reel Radio here on AM 540. I am indeed your underfished host, Hopalong John Cassidy, and I'm just going to cut short the introduction tonight because we have a jam-packed show for you. Let me tell you who we've got on. Uh, right out of the gate, Braden Stevenson's going to be with us. Braden had a life-changing event here, I think, on Friday. We're going to talk about it, and you're going to want to hear what that was all about. And then after Braden, we're going to have uh, Brent Fanning. Brent is one of the directors of the uh, California Coast Crab Association. Hey, the state is at it again. They want to take away some of our rights to do stuff. We're going to be on with Brent. We're going to find out what that's all about. And in the sixth hour, Nick Dragemeyer is with us. Nick? Gave up fishing in Southern California, moved down to Los Barrios on the Baja South Peninsula, and he's fishing down there right now. Let's find out why someone would really want to do that. So that'll be at 6 o'clock. And then towards the end of the show, Captain Mike Franchek, owner-operator of Relentless Sports Fishing, will be with us. He'll be giving us an idea of what the local fishing conditions are, and you're going to want to hear this because there's something happening with Yellowtail you need to know about. And then he'll also tell us about Relentless Sports Fishing, too. So jam-packed show. But before we get started, let me first introduce to you my co-host. This gentleman is the voice of 1-800-BASSBOAT and a darn good fresh and saltwater angler in his own right, Mr. Stan Vanderberg. Stan, how you doing tonight? Good, John. Hey, Wynn, everybody. Had uh, two weeks where we, I've been out, had uh, two tournaments, one real good one and one not so hot. So <laughs> glad to be back. Well, glad to have you back too, Stan. And, and Wendy, I know it's been a busy couple of weeks for you, but let me introduce you anyway to our listening audience. She is the national sales manager for Iserline. She represents many other fine products in the fishing industry. She too is not only an expert fisherman and hunter in her own right, but she does have a commercial fishing license. It's Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how are you doing? I'm doing great, although I didn't get to use my Roland Martin turkey call, this fox call this weekend. Um, I'm looking forward to using it in two weeks, and I'm really excited because I'm heading out on Game Changer next weekend. Well, here, here Wendy, just in case you're getting, uh, you missed it. <laughs> hey guys, let let's get to whoa, let me turn that off. Let's get to our first guest, okay? This is a young angler who caught a bass 
out of one of our local lakes here in San Diego. And I've got to tell him the bass in pounds weighed as many years as he's been on this earth. It's a monumental feat, and we want to talk to him exactly what happened. Let's welcome to Ron Real Radio, Braden Stevenson. Braden, are you with us, sir? Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you just fine, sir. How you doing? Welcome to Ron Real Radio. Thank you guys for having me. I'm doing good. Hey, Braden. Hey, tell us a little bit about your adventures. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and then what up? What led up to this catch, and tell us what you did. So basically, um, I just started that, or the year before that in December, I had started, um, one sec, guys. Yeah, when was that? Um, I had started BFS fishing, and I got yep. big into that. And I was catching a lot more fish, but I wasn't catching the very big size. So... This one day I would go out after a baseball practice for, um, it's like a rainy day. And I knew something was good because it was like a rainy day that came out of nowhere. And um, I was casting out. I'd gotten a couple of bites on my lip list. And um, so I walked to the other side of the dock at Lake 3. And I take one cast. And I'm working it along the bottom. And um, I get hit, and I think it's a log. And then it just slowly starts so coming out of drag. Were you, well, you were still throwing that lipless crankbait? Yeah, I was still throwing a lipless. Okay, you might explain. People don't always know what a lipless crankbait is. Explain what you were throwing. A uh, lipless was, is pretty much a, it's a crankbait without a bill that runs in like a straight motion with like a little bit of a, a wobble, and it has uh, rattles in it with and stuff like that. And you do like a straight retrieve or like a yo-yo in retrieve. Yeah, Brady, uh, tell it. Tell us where you were fishing, too, because a lot of people don't know where you were. Um, I was at Santee Lakes, uh, Lake 3, um, fishing the, gosh, I think it's the west side of Lake 3. Okay. And was there, you know, there are many lakes at Santee Lakes. Was there a reason why you chose Lake 3? Um, I, the reason I chose is actually I had some buddies fishing that lake, so I went to f go fish with them. Okay. And, you know, you were fishing from the shoreline. Do you visit Santee Lakes a lot, or do you go to uh, uh, the other lakes and, and fish there? Um, I go to Santee. Santee Lakes is pretty much the only lake I fish. I go there at least every weekend and um, sometimes during the week, too. All right. Well, tell us. Tell us about the uh, the rig you were fishing with, the rod and the reel, and what was amazing, uh, the pound test that you were using. Um, and it was the east side, by the way. Um, okay. It was, I was fishing with a custom Cousins blank. It was a 601, 1 to 7 gram, and then a, um, a Shimano BFS reel with a 6-pound braid to a 6-pound leader. Oh, my gosh. Nice. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Now, were you were you after were you after bass uh, specifically? Uh, yes, I was. I um I was going just looking for that big bite, and I got it. <laughs> you look looking for the big bite on on six pound test. This man has got talent. I love it. <laughs> now, 
six pound test. It's it's fun to fish with. Just it's a little bit better of a fight, and you can play the fish a little bit. So, tell us about the log. So, uh, when I hooked the when I hooked the log, it started pulling back. Usually, logs don't do that. <laughs> so, I realized I realized I had a fish, and I needed to. I needed to start getting it away from the dock because it started to rush the dock. And um, the moment I really saw it good is when it jumped, like, so close to the dock, I think the tail slapped it. Um, wow. And I'm like, oh, this fish, it, this, it, it, I knew it was a DD, but um, so I started basically running it's the other TV. way, he trying to it. get him to turn his he head. Talk about the rod reel? Yeah. And he kept, he, kept, he turned his head finally and just started coming in. And he made like one or two quick runs at the shore, and then finally was able to grab him. Yeah, tell us about again the uh, rod reel that you were uh, uh, fishing with. Uh, what uh, uh, what was the length of the rod, and uh, what kind of power did it have? Um, I don't exactly know the power, but it was a six foot rod. Okay, and six was it a medium, five. medium heavy? Uh, uh, what? Uh, a light. Okay. Medium, that rod is what they call medium light, um, or or light, on that on that on the cousin's rod. So mm -hmm. so you could fish, uh, four to ten pound. Ah, I got you. All right, and is that the outfit that you normally fish with, uh, Braden? Uh, yeah, Braden. that's the outfit that I outfit that I have been fishing with for a couple months now, and I haven't picked up really anything else. Now, there's been a little bite over at Santee Lakes, especially since we're getting into the springtime over there. Have you caught any large fish there before, or were you just kind of plunking around? Um, my largest fish there before um, was a six-pounder, and that was my PB bass. But I had caught a couple um, five-pounders, and I had caught another six-pounder. Wow. That's it. So tell me, were there a lot of people watching you when you were uh, uh, there? Um, there were my two buddies and like two catfishermen, but that was pretty much it. Rainy day chased a lot of people away. Okay. You know, you had you had a great picture of that fish, and if you want to go uh, to Rod Real Radio on Facebook, there's a picture of Braden with that uh, fish. Uh, uh, tell me, uh, what did you do with that fish afterwards? Um, I gave it. I so we had done all of our scales like our measuring and all that. And then I pretty much gave her a really nice release so she could, someone else could catch her one day. Wow. Nice. That is, uh, that is pretty special, but you took a lot of pictures, I'm sure, so that you have uh, something to remember that by. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think I have over like 100 in my phone. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brayden, what did you later on? <laughs> hey, Brayden, I'm you not... I don't I want, want to keep this waiter on. Braid, I don't want to keep this from any longer. We have a special caller that has called in that wants to congratulate you on your catch. And caller, if you're on the air, can you identify who you are and say hello to Braden? Hey Braden, this is Jimmy Houston. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. Congratulations, man. I've been listening to you tell your story there. I've just been chuckling and laughing, and one of the great <laughs> things as I listen to all that is how knowledgeable 
you are about fishing, about your equipment, about what you were doing, and 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 to get a PB on a six-pound test line, and to go from six pounds of PB to fifteen. I mean, you're like my hero, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's wonderful, it. man. I am. Hey, I tell you, we've been we've been using a live scope and targeting really big fish um, uh, here in Oklahoma and Texas here the last two or three weeks. And uh, now my buddy did catch uh, a fish the other day that weighed uh, fourteen something. Uh, which is his PB, and uh, but and there was a fourteen or fifteen that just Josh caught, fourteen something, yeah. But uh, but but you know he's like an old guy, thirty five years old or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, but Jimmy, you are awesome, the- man. I'm telling you, I, I just I listened to that story. I've got we're we're fishing right now. I'm on the lake right now, fishing with my wife, and and uh, I've got you on the speakerphone here to let her listen to that. How you caught that fish, Braden, and. Uh, it, it's amazing. The, the one thing I didn't hear, and maybe you told it before I jumped on here, was the bait. I, I didn't hear what the bait you were using. Um, that's funny. I'm fishing too, but um, I have. You are I great. Lipless, <laughs> that's great. I was uh, using a lipless crankbait. Uh, lipless crankbait. I'll be. I'll be. Treble hooks and all, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Braden, where are you fishing right now? Are you are you back over uh, at Santee Lake trying to duplicate your accomplishment? I am back over at Santee Lake, yeah. <laughs> Braden, you've already caught the biggest fish in the lake, probably. Yeah. Uh, there's bigger ones. I know it. You think so? Okay, man. If there's bigger ones there, I'm going to put my money on you to get him. You're the man. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, what? Jimmy, when was the last time you had the opportunity to catch a fish that was as heavy uh, in poundage as the number of years you were old? I, I, I thought about that also. I, I thought about that also. You know, I, I, my kids and grandkids, you know, have caught eight, nine-pound fish. And, and uh, I was wondering if any, I was trying to think of any of them had caught an eight-pounder when they were eight years old. I don't know if that's happened, but uh, it's kind of like, you know, they, they talk about old guys shooting their, their, uh, their age, you know, in golf. And uh, but I don't know. I, that's just amazing to me. Uh, it'd be amazing to me to. I, I mean, I'd get. I'd have to catch a tuna or something to get up to my age right now with the weight. <laughs> but that, that that's awesome. I thought about that. Uh, I'd heard about that fish already, but I had not heard that it was caught from the shoreline. I also had not heard it was caught by a 15 year old. And when uh, when you told me, John, it just excited me to know in. I mean, I'm. I, you know, I've I've been fishing. You know, ever since I could walk, and uh, when I was 15 years old, all I thought about was fishing. Now that I'm quite a bit older than that, all I think about is fishing, and uh, <laughs> and it's just it's amazing. And and I, the great thing is that just wasn't a lucky deal. You know, a lot of people talk about these big fish being uh, pure luck, a guy's personal best, and he was out there trying to beat his PB. And uh, you know, and it's just it's it, it's wonderful. I mean, I just I'm excited just listening to the story. You've got to put a picture of that fish up on our Jimmy Houston Outdoors fan page. Go to Jimmy on Facebook. Go to Jimmy Houston Outdoors in all capital letters and put a, put us a picture up there of that, Braden. I've got to share that. I've got over a half a million people on there, and I know that all of them would like to uh, would like to see that, that fish. And, and uh, I might even talk about you on my YouTube channel a little bit uh, on my next Sunday afternoon chat. Hey, it's a thrill to get to talk to somebody who's caught a 15-pound bass. Not many of my yeah. friends <laughs> Jimmy, I will send you that information, and, and maybe you can talk to Braden uh, direct. Braden, uh, this is a question that we ask a lot of bass fishermen when uh, they've had a big accomplishment like this. 
How did catching this fish change your life? Uh, it was, um, it was, it was pretty crazy. I was, um, I don't even know how to like put it in words. It was like, okay. it was just such an like a, an accomplishment that like, it just like overwhelmed me with like all the love, like the love and support I was getting, and it was just, it was, it was awesome. Now, it, so now you, when do you go? So, so now, so now that you caught this big fish, what's your next goal? Um, my next goal is another double digit. No, it's not a fluke. And um, <laughs> catching a catching a twenty pound bag of bag limit of that. Wow, that's good, Jimmy. I know, Jimmy, you are on the uh, water, and I I appreciate you spending the time to give us a call. Before we let you go, do you have any last words for Braden? Well, Braden, I'm just so proud of the, how well you know your about your equipment and talking about what you were doing, how you were fishing, and getting that fish away from the boat dock uh, where it had a chance to get hung up on uh, some cables or, or, or pilings or whatever the boat docks were on that particular lake. Uh, that's an awesome move. And to catch a, a fish uh, twice as big as the pound test line, almost three times as large as the pound test line you were using, it's just absolutely it's awesome. And I, I got one question i like to know. You know, it, we, professional fishing is a big deal nowadays. High school fishing is good. You can uh, get on high school fishing teams and, and get on get a college scholarship and go to uh, get good enough, go to pretty much your choice of the colleges around the country, just like a, a great athlete of, of any other the other sports can do. Do you, do you have any desire to you know to, to fish professionally or to, to try to make a living at this great sport? Um, honestly, I have not thought about that. I've thought about doing um, intramural teams at like colleges, though, in like uh, Texas or Florida or whatever. That sounds good. That sounds good. Well, you know, you need to think about that a little bit. And uh, lots of colleges, you know, uh, are, are most all colleges now are giving full ride scholarships and. I, if I, they had had that back when I went to college, I'd probably still be there. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, I'm proud of you. I'm just tickled to death. You're, and not only that, you're a well-spoken young man, and uh, you, uh, you, give a, you give hope to a lot of other 15-year-olds, 14-, 13-year-olds out there, 25-year-olds, that uh, they can go out there and spend time on the water and catch their PB. And, and it's just uh, it's awesome. And uh, like I said, I sure hope you post one of those pictures up to our Facebook page and I'll get your personal information. I might give you a call and uh, and visit with you a little bit uh, uh, on a, a, a. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you probably know a lot more about social media stuff than I do. Even though we've got hundred thousand people on YouTube and five hundred fifty thousand on Facebook, and uh, a lot of that stuff I don't know how to do. But I just look at cameras and talk. But uh, I'd like <laughs> to visit with you more about it. You're just a remarkable young man, and I'm just so proud of you, and just tickled to death with what you've accomplished out there, and. And glad that you're out there trying to beat it. I got to tell you, though, I'm just going to tell you, my personal best is 13-1. I caught it a long time ago. And even with all the <laughs> modern electronics and everything, I still haven't beat it. But I might have be- I might beat it on the very next cast. Well, you know, yeah, that's... that's- I have a great idea. I have a great idea. I think maybe someone should be your guide out here in California. <laughs> hey, I like that. I like that a lot. I like that. I've, I've fished out in California quite a bit but it's been a while y'all y'all have great fishing and great lakes out there right well i think if you asked any number of people how many people would like to catch a 15 pounder everybody's hand is going to go up <laughs> for but sure everybody it is, it is uh, how many has caught one though and not many hands are going to go up 
you got no, that. No, my you get. I got a thirteen fifteen. It didn't make fourteen, man. I could I could have maybe lied, but it didn't. <laughs> and that's my big fish. Uh, and I got to bundle up up to that. But catching a fifteen pounder has escaped me also. And and oh, God let me knows let me tell you when, when you when time. you move from ten to eleven, from eleven to twelve, twelve to thirteen, whatever. When you move that next pound up over ten pounds. You start you start knocking the odds down by a lot. I mean, it's like a exponentially more difficult to do it. And uh, and either with equipment we've got nowadays, we, we can target them a little bit better. And I think a lot of people are going to catch their, their personal best using LiveScope, and, and especially with those big fish are suspended. But you know, that may just be the world record fish caught off the bank. I mean, I I thought of all kinds of things. I'd heard about that fish. Somebody told me that somebody caught a 15 pounder in California, but uh, I had no idea it was, it was caught by a 15-year-old off the shoreline. That's it's a remarkable achievement, I'm telling you. Shimano, Austin, Jimmy, you all the rod and reels you can carry home. <laughs> Jimmy, uh, Brandon, we're going to let Jimmy go. Do you have any last words for Jimmy Houston before we uh, let him get back to fishing? I just want to say thank you for all the words and stuff. Um, thank you for uh, talking to me and everything. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, buddy. You take care. Good luck and rest of your fishing. Hey. Uh, it's a good. Let me give you one little tip. Be sure to kiss all those big fish before you turn them loose, and you'll be able to catch <laughs> there them you again. Go. Give them a kiss. Give them a kiss. Nice, nice kiss <laughs> and a nice release. Jimmy, thanks for being with us, and big hug to Chris for us too. Would you please? I, I sure will. Chris is reeling a fish in right now. First one she's caught since we've been talking. Nice bass. All righty, buddy. Take care, Braden. Love you. Bye bye. Good night, Jimmy. Yeah. Hey, hey uh, Braden, I have a question for you. Go. Have you thought about? Uh, turning in that weight for Bill Simmental BBZ um, competition for BASF? Um, I have not. Okay. Well, I think you should you should do that, and maybe John can talk to you about it because there's no way anybody can beat you. <laughs> it's it's going to be tough, and you know, Braden. Before we let you go, the one question that Wendy Stan and I have. Uh, we had uh, Jimmy Houston that was kind enough to give us a call. Do you know who Jimmy Houston is? I do not. (laughs) (laughs) I know it. (laughs) Jimmy Houston is uh, a big uh, professional fisherman and TV star. You may want to look him up on YouTube. Uh, He's probably... uh, uh, done a few television shows and stuff like that on, on fishing. You might want to get caught up with that. Okay? All right. I, I will. Well, and also, Brandon, I want you to thank your mom and dad particularly for allowing you to come on with us. And thank you for, for telling your story. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys for hosting me. All right. Hey, and good luck fishing. Uh, I get, You got a 16-pounder in your future and you're one cast closer to it, okay? All right. Thank you, guys. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Wendy, you had it right. Hey, hey guys, we're going to take a break right now. We've gone way over time, but we're going to have Brent uh, Fanning. He is from the California Coast Crab Association. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Rod and Reel Radio to come after these messages. Hi, Roland Martin here. I'd like to tell you a little about Gary Yamamoto and the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company. 
it all started with an idea, then a dream, and in 1983, the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company was formed. If you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality soft plastic fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than two and a half million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers for thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success at the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish the tournament circuits like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto Custom Baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it for me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs. We all like to travel, whether it's for business or it's pleasure. But one thing we all like to do, it's save money. Well, we got a travel tip for you. Bill Boyce has put together a travel website for you that can save you a lot of money. You can become your own travel agent. The site is bookwithboyce.com. You're going to save yourself 5 to 35% on all nationally advertised travel rates. You want to uh, go to Mexico? You want to go to Hawaii? Bookwithboyce.com can offer you outstanding prices. And here's the deal. There's no surprises for accommodations, rental cars, or activities. So try bookwithboyce.com now and thank Bill Boyce later on. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the fishing boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart. Did you know that when you donate blood, you're not only helping others, you're also helping yourself. Donating blood lowers the risk of heart attacks in men by more than 70%, lowers the risk of developing cancer, and helps you maintain a healthy liver. So donate blood to help someone else and to help yourself. If you can't donate, you can still make a difference with the financial gift. It's the best way to give back. Hook, line, and sinker. And for more information and to make a financial donation or an appointment, visit San Diego Blood Bank. Dot org. That's the San Diego Blood Bank dot org. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. I always wear a life jacket when I'm on the water because I'm lazy. I like floating like a giant turtle covered with SPF 50. The life jacket does the work. I highly recommend this to everyone. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to our Rod Real Radio. Well, the state of California is at it again. They're trying to put restrictions on some of the ways we fish here in uh, California. And uh, we have one of the fellows who is most affected by it. He's with the California Coast Crab Association. And let's talk about what's happening with uh, Brett Fanning. Brett, welcome to Rod Real Radio, sir. 
Yeah, hello. Thank you for having me. Good evening. Hey, thanks a lot. And we, Brett, we appreciate it. We got to you late, but we were having a, a little fun uh, talking about big fish. But this is an yeah, important bet. subject. Would you tell us a little bit about uh, the California Coast Crab Association and what seems to be the problem that the state of California is trying to fix when it comes to uh, crabbing and lobstering and stuff like that? Yeah, thank you. Um, so the California Coast Crab Association is a it's a nonprofit trade association made up of commercial Dungeness crab fishermen and crab buyers um, through the state of California. And uh, we're formed to be a strong and unified vo- voice for the policy development and science-based fishery management for the goal of sustaining our uh, dependent, our coastal dependent communities. Um, and uh, the CCCA was formed in 2019 after an out-of-court settlement between uh, the, the Department of Fish and Wildlife and uh, the Center for Biological Diversity. So basically, we're formed to uh, help to uh, battle some of these policies that are restricting our, our industry. Okay. And what particularly are you concerned about now? Because I know there is a bill in front of our legislature right now, AB 534. And how is that going to affect not only you, but possibly lobster fishermen and also deep pronged fishermen in the future? Sure. So AB uh, 534 was some legislation that was introduced by Assembly Member um, Bonta, Rob Bonta, who's now is our new um, our uh, district attorney, our attorney general, California attorney general. And um, what it is to do, it wants to um, implement, make uh, ropeless gear um, uh, required for all um, fisheries in California waters with, with vertical lines. That includes sport fishing, commercial Dungeness crab fishing, um, the lot, like you said, the lobster fishery, the prawn fishery, the coonstripe uh, shrimp fishery, just basically any fishery that, uh, that has uh, trap fishing, any, ver- any vertical line. So they want to basically remove vertical lines from the ocean, and the number one concern that we have is that the technology just is not there yet just for, for ropeless. It's sometimes referred to also as pop-up gear, but the technology is not there today, and, and it would absolutely devastate the most viable commercial fishery on the West Coast, which is uh, Dungeness crab. Well, let, let's this, you know, you've brought up many different scenarios over here, but let's talk about the, the main thing. Why sure. was there perceived as a problem that the ropes that are attached to crab and lobster traps and uh, deep prong uh, pots and stuff like that, uh, what kind of a problem did uh, that present according to the state and Tell me what what actually brought on the problem. So, so the the, the goal of AB five thirty four is to, to is to restrict um, whale um, marine mammal interactions with any of this gear that's in the in the ocean. And and, and this stems from a, an event in 2015-2016 crab season, where um, there was a, a unique environmental condition in the ocean. They call it the blob. And what happened was it was a big area of warm water that pushed into the beach, into the coast, which uh, subsequently pushed the bait and the feed near shore, which then the whales followed also during their migration pattern. That, in combination with the domoic acid issue that we had in the commercial fishery that season, that pushed the start date to into the spring, which was May. Usually we start in December. 
November 15th or December 1st. That particular season, the opener, when all the gear, the most gear hits the water, was pushed until May, which was during this, this peak uh, humpback whale migration. That year, the fishery saw 16 whale entanglements. Many of them were, were released and, and unharmed, but that year... We saw 16 um, entanglements, and that's what this, this stems from. Since then, the industry, the commercial fishing industry, has taken upon ourselves to mitigate the issue, and we've re- now reduced it in the last two fishing seasons to zero, zero whale um, marine mammal interactions. Now, did this interaction with your equipment and the whales have something to do with a restriction that uh, the California Department of Fish and Wildlife put on the, the actual season that you could, uh, you know, uh, you know, use your pots. Right. So, so now our seasons are dictated by, um, by basically by the whale populations and their, and their seasonal migration. So before our seasons in October, starting in October, the department of fish and wildlife will do, um, whale surveys either by air airplane, by visual, or we can also do, um, the triple CA, the, the California Coast Crab Association, also sponsors a um, whale um, observation program where we have volunteer, where fishermen volunteer their time and their vessels to go out and do basically whale surveys. And then once we see that the most, most of the whales have moved down their migration, then we go ahead and start the season. And then the same process happens again in the spring. Normally our seasons run from November 15th until July 1st, but we're seeing our seasons shrink every year more and more. And um, you were losing time on the water. We're losing, losing fishing time. And again, there's not. We, we've done it by, by basically by um, doing simple, simple uh, changes to the industry, like um, making sure that we don't have slack lines in the water, communication, knowing with communication with each other, saying where the where the uh, highest density of whale populations are, things like that. Simple, simple mitigation measures within the industry. So what seems to be happening here is the uh, state wants you to go from pulling your pots out of the water with uh, traps to going to some type of a flotation device that will bring your traps to the surface. Tell us a little bit about how that technology works, what it's all about, how effective is it, and what kind of an expense would that be for the commercial fishermen? Sure. So, so ropeless gear or pop-up gear, ropeless is kind of a misnomer because it, it, they all have rope. They're, you're not going to get away from having a rope. So what they do, the theory is that the rope is coiled up on the pot and stuck inside the trap. And then they have the trigger mechanism. You can either do it from the boat, you stick a sounder into the water, and you can um, trigger the buoy to release. Some of them are, are based on time also. So you can have a galvanic um, uh, corrosion latch basically that that dissolves in 24 hours or 48 hours and then that same buoy would pop up to the surface where a crab fisherman or prawn fisherman would would then retrieve the the trout and um testing now that process can take up to 10 to 15 minutes for each pot the way we run our gear now it takes us about one to two minutes for each pot so there's the time factor we just wouldn't be able to get through our gear quick enough a lot of times, you know, we have very small weather windows, so this could it could make the fleet um, put an extra um, burden on the fleet for safety. And then, as you mentioned, also the cost of these pots are they're, they're right now the cost of our gear right now runs about two hundred dollars per pot, 
and the new ropeless gear costs anywhere from seven hundred and fifty to twenty five hundred dollars a piece for each one. Wouldn't it be a little bit difficult to have a pop pop up and and current where you don't know where that thing's going to pop up and you have to chase that thing down? Oh, absolutely, and 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 even even the manufacturers admit a two to five percent failure rate. And, and when we've done our trials, both on the West Coast and the East Coast, the East Coast lobster fishery has been doing these trials also. They experience up to 20% failure rate. But even at, a, let's, take, let's say with the manufacturers, we take their 2 to 5% failure rate. I have 500 pots on my boat. We have, we have a 500-pot permit. Even a 2 to 5% loss is a 10 to 25 traps every time we run the gear. So we would be yeah. losing. So there, this could actually have caused more gear, abandoned gear, and more vertical lines in the water because of abandoned and lost gear. Well, you got to figure if you're if you're seven hundred to two thousand dollars a pot on their scale, and you're losing, let's say ten every time you go out right. on a, on that percentage. Yeah, you're you're going to be out of business in about six months. The industry, would, the industry would be out of business, and, and like I said, it's the largest, most viable commercial fishery. And, and a lot of these other fisheries, guys that do, you know, in addition, like albacore fishing or shrimp fishing, they wouldn't be able to do those without Dungeness Crab. Dungeness Crab, is the, that's what supports our businesses. And then we do these other fisheries in the off-season. Off if we lose our Dungeness Crab fishery, we're pretty much going to lose the other fisheries because a guy can't afford just to do those other fisheries. Hey, we're speaking with Brett uh, Franning. Hold on, guys. Uh, we got to take a break right now. Brett is with the California Coast uh, Crab Association. Brett, can you stay with us uh, a little bit more uh, longer so we can talk about this subject? You bet. Of course. No problem. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break, but we'll be back after these messages. This is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that will help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all the major brands, and if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. There's nothing more peaceful than fishing. Just me, my pole, and some bait. Oh, and my life jacket, of course. I like fish, but I don't want to end up at the bottom of the water with them. Save the ones you love. 
A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a little set back with what charter company to choose? We urge you to use American and family-owned Lands and Charters. Lands and Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time-owned family business. Go to LensAndCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble Greg or Jenny at 800-281-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online in the convenience of your own home or office in minutes now with BajaBound.com's easy-to-use website. After printing your auto insurance, check out the BajaBound.com site. There, too, you will find great travel tips and information to help you get the most out of your next road trip south of the border. So this is an important fact to remember. Use BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available. Or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Dan, Wendy, and I, we welcome you back to Rod Real Radio. We're speaking with Brett Fanning. He is with the California Coast Crab Association. We're talking about pending legislation to uh, limit uh, the, um, the equipment that crab fishermen, lobster fishermen, and uh, uh, prawn fishermen have been using. And, Wendy, before we broke, uh, you want to get a question in? Uh, go. Yeah, I wanted to know, um, does it look like or do you think this is going to pass? And I know that CBD is, you know, a pain in the butt when it comes to these types of issues. Um, And what are you doing as far as do you have a coalition, um, a group of people that are also fighting this? 
Uh, yes, great question. Yes, we do have a coalition that's made up of uh, 20, over 20 different uh, associations across the state, both commercial and sport. And um, yeah, we're and we're lobbying uh, hard to to uh, educate people about how this bill came about. The most, the one of the most frustrating things about this bill is that um, Senator, or, or I'm, I'm sorry, Assemblyman Bonta and CBD never conferred with industry. So this bill is being written by most likely folks that have never pulled a trap in their lifetime. And <laughs> even not. even the Department of Fish and Wildlife wasn't. Um, wasn't brought into these discussions for this bill. So it really, it caught everybody, really. It blindsided everybody. You know, uh, uh, Brett, as a commercial crab fisherman, tell us, in what uh, depths of water are are you uh, throwing your pots in? Uh, are you sure. catching just Dungeness sure. crab? Or, or tell us a little bit about your industry. Sure, we fish. We fish anywhere on the coast, usually in softer substrate. The Dungeness crab. Now I'm talking about, um, and anywhere from right tight to the beach and four fathoms all the way out to a hundred fathoms, which are six feet to a fathom. So, um, yeah, out to six hundred feet of water, um, and up and down the coast. And, and Dungeness crab fishery is from the Mexican border, well, mostly from um, Point Conception and north all the way up to uh, Alaska. Now, your, your industry has been hit pretty hard because of the fact that there is a, a, a concern about bacteria that get into these crabs. Tell us a, a little bit about the history of that. That's, uh, yeah, so what you're, you're talking about is demoic acid, which is a naturally occurring marine toxin. It's just like a red tide that they, that they have a lot, quite a bit in the uh, south coast, I mean, in, in the Gulf of Mexico. So, um it's demoic acid, and so, so um, it, they they seem to have been increasing over the last as the, as the water temperatures have been slowly rising. Um, they've had more incidence of this demoic acid now. Um, so we we have to follow guidelines put forth from the federal um, FDA and our state uh, FDA um, to so they do preseason testing for demoic acid, and if there's any. Uh, spike in demoic acid level in crabs, either the season is delayed or uh, they, they can also make us just eviscerate the crabs also to sell, um, which means basically you have to cook and, and clean them and remove, okay. the, uh, and remove the guts out of the crab before you sell them. All right. Well, we all know that uh, if we buy crabs, you normally like to buy them live unless they're already cooked. Uh, tell us about your interest, uh, your industry during uh, this COVID uh, uh, period of time. We know the commercial fishermen down here in Southern California have been adversely affected, and they've taken kind of extraordinary steps in order to ensure that their products get to the end user. Uh, what's happening up there in the crab industry? Yeah, it's been it's been a struggle of a year. As I mean, as it has been with everybody, everybody across this, the the nation and the world, and and every industry. But we are, you know, we are commercial fishermen, and we do adapt pretty well. And and one way that we've gotten around it is there there was a lot of dock sales this year, like directly to the public. So a lot of uh, commercial crab fishermen, especially in the Bay Area, were able to uh, to um, 
um, mitigate the issues with COVID by selling directly to the public. Um, we did actually get pretty good prices this year because um, it just happened to be a down year for the for the populations of the crab. They, they kind of it's cyclical, so there was a supply and demand thing. So um, this past season through COVID, we we actually the fishermen were actually pretty resilient and able to uh, find markets for themselves. You know, down here in Southern California, where uh, we have a, a very active lobster industry, Department of Fish mm-hmm. and Wildlife is very, very concerned about the sustainable of catchable lobsters here. Uh, what is the sustainability of the biomass of crabs up where you guys are working? So the Dungeness crab fishery, I mean, we really have been the poster child for sustainable fisheries um, over the last 50 years, and it really regulates itself. We, we, can, we are only allowed to catch and keep the adult males, which are about four or five years old, and they're actually past their breeding age. So all the females and all the younger males all go back into the ocean every year, and we only harvest the older uh, adult males, and that's what we and that's what we market. So it's an extremely sustainable fishery. Yeah. Well, what kind of a percentage are you talking about with regards to the number of crabs you catch and the number of crabs that are are released back, uh, uh, you know, into the ocean? Sure. That and that that's kind of hard to say because our traps have um, what they're called escape rings. So they're rings. So that smaller crabs and female crabs can can get out. They come in and they can leave the trap when and the, only the large adult male. So it's kind of hard to say, you know, what the percentage is because you can't actually see how many crabs are coming in and out unless you had a video down there. Yeah. Uh, how about the uh, number of uh, uh, commercial licenses there are for crab fishing? Are you finding is your industry thriving? Uh, is are the number of fishermen going down? Uh, it, what's happening uh, to the number of people that are uh, commercial crab fishing right now? Sure. There, there's about 500, um, 550 uh, commercial Dungeness crab permits in the state of California. And um, I'm not sure exactly how many um, made landings this past year, but it usually falls around, um, around the 450. So there's about 100 inactive permits. And um, as far as the effort from the fishery, I do know that there's been there's a, an awful lot more permits available right now for sale just because of the um, uncertainty of the fishing, you know, of the fishery because of the because of the whale issues and the demolic acid issues and all these new things that we're we're experiencing over the last uh, five or six years. Well, you know, I guess I don't have to tell you this. It sounds like with a shortened season like you get sometimes, it's awful hard to make a living and sustain yourselves during the course of the year. Now, are there other fishing activities that you are involved in during the course of the year or your memberships, or are you taking jobs at Home Depot uh, uh, during the off season? You know, the different, every, every fishing business is, is different. There are certainly are some, um, uh, quite a few guys that only Dungeness crab fish in the summertime. So that's exactly what they're doing. They're, they're losing their, their crew. Um, you know, it's hard for them to maintain their crew for the next upcoming season because their seasons are so shortened. Um, and, um, but there are other fisheries. Um, but as I said earlier, you can't, you wouldn't be able to make a living just based on those fisheries without the Dungeness crab fisheries, which is why it's so important for us okay. to uh, keep this, uh, such an important commercial fishery on the West coast. 
And does it seem like your commercial market is coming on back? We know here uh, when lobster season opened up, uh, you know, a number of the, uh, you know, the bycatch went to China. They got a tremendous uh, amount of money for it, but that wasn't there. And the lobster fishermen were having a hard time. And then China opened up and now it's kind of closed up again and the price has gone down. Uh, What's happening uh, uh, to uh, Dungeness crab up there? So it's very similar to the lobster fishery down there. We do have a pretty big um, China market, quite a few of our crabs at the beginning of the year especially. Most of the crabs for each season is caught within the first month of the year. That's when the, that's when the, bio, the, the majority of the crabs for that season are caught. And during those times, it either goes to processors and a lot of it gets shipped to China. This time, at this time, the season's been open for a couple months, so the, so the volume goes down. So guys are able to get those higher prices and, and sell them almost specifically um, domestic. So, and that's what we're seeing right now. Just very sim- similar to the lobster fishery. Okay, yeah. You know, the uh, California Coast Crab Association, uh, they have uh, filed uh, uh, sort of like a mitigation on what you guys are doing to protect other species when you are uh, crabbing. Uh, uh, what what are you guys proposing to do, and what's the timeline on this, do you believe? I'm, I'm sorry, for, for, which, for which one? Uh, for- things that, the, uh, that your association is doing to uh, practices to mitigate uh, the interaction with species that uh, might be in harm's way because of your crabbing uh, activities. Uh, what have you recommended that you're doing? And then what's the timeline for AB uh, uh, 534 when it comes in front of the assembly? So, so AB 534, I believe it's supposed to be heard in the committee on April 8th. Um, so that's coming up pretty soon. Um, and um, as far as the other things, we, we, you know, the, 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 California Coast Crab Association was formed in 2019, and what we're, our main focus has been working with the department at, to, um, to uh, form a habitat conservation plan so that we can get an incidental take permit, which is basically a federal permit that is required from any fishery that has interactions with endangered species. So that's where we're at right now, and that's, what, that's the main purpose of um, right now, the California Coast Crab Association is to is to work with the department to get this um, uh, ITP permit for uh, so we can oh. continue fishing for Dungeness crabs, and then also trying to mitigate these other things that pop up like AB uh, 534, which is our main and, focus right now. And what can we, as the general public, do to help you out? What our general public could do would be to write letters to your senator, to your leadership. Um, and support the Dungeness crab fishery. But on top of that, also your lobster fishery down there. Again, this bill is going to affect everybody. It's going to affect every sport fisherman, every commercial fisherman, and basically every um, California seafood-loving citizen. Right. And uh, uh, right now, uh, the Department of Fish and Wildlife, are, are they with you? Are they against you? Are they neutral? Or are they a no-show? I believe, well, <laughs> that's a topic for another day probably, but I believe with <laughs> AB 534, they were also blindsided by it, and they are, they are not supportive of it because they also understand that the, the, the technology is just not there for this uh, equipment. And, again, it's just it's from uh, people that are 
trying to pass legislations that don't understand the problems at hand, and they, they don't um, work with industry to try and mitigate these issues. And I want to find out more about uh, the California uh, Coast uh, Crab Association, find out what you're doing, uh, what's going on. How's the best way to stay in contact with you? Yeah, you can find us on Facebook, and we have uh, our website is www.cacoastcrabassociation.org. And you can see uh, we we have um, our mission statements and our um, coalition letters and things are posted on our website. Well, Brent, we appreciate you taking the time to spend uh, with us to inform us about the situation. I'm I'm sure a vast majority of our listening audience out there didn't even know that this was the type of problem that was coming up. And this is a Another one of these problems that we normally don't find out about these things until the horse is out of the barn. So we've got to be proactive. And I appreciate the efforts that your group and other people that are in your group are doing to, to, to help support your industry, the lobster industry, and, and everyone here that enjoys crabs and lobsters in Southern California. Thanks for being with us. Thank you very much. I really appreciate, appreciate you having me. All right. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're going to take a break right now. But coming up next, Nick, Nick Dagemeyer is come, going to be with us and later Captain Mike Franchek. So stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back after these messages. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs. Hi, Roland Martin here. I'd like to tell you a little about Gary Yamamoto and the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company. It all started with an idea, then a dream, and in 1983, the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company was formed. If you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality self-plastic fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than 2.5 million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers for thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success at the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish the tournament circuits like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto Custom Baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it from me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT, for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, 
your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics and tell your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a little set back with what charter company to choose? We urge you to use American and family-owned Lands and Charters. Lands and Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time-owned family business. Go to LensAndCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble, Greg, or Jenny at 800-281-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the sports boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart, the San Diego Blood Bank. Fishing for a way to make a difference in your community? Consider donating blood or making a financial donation to the San Diego Blood Bank. Your gift will impact medical research, revolutionize how we improve health and treat disease, and most importantly, give the gift of life. But we can't do it without you or without your help. Visit sandiegobloodbank.org to make an appointment or to give a financial donation today. It's the best way to give back. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. Stan Vandenberg, Wendy Toshihara, and myself, Hopalong John Cassidy, we want to welcome you back to the second hour of Rod and Reel Radio. Well, here's the scenario. Why does a saltwater bass fisherman and offshore guy leave Southern California to fish the East Cape of Cabo San Lucas. Well, I don't know. The East Cape of the Baja Peninsula. Sounds like kind of an outlandish story, but we've got a guy that did it, and we're going to bring him aboard to tell us all about it. Hey, we want to welcome to Ron Real Radio, Nick Dagamar. Rick, well, Nick, welcome to Ron Real Radio, sir. Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me on. Wendy, how are we doing? Good. Nice to hear from you, Nick. Very good to hear from you as well. Yeah. Well, so I want to hear about your new business. Are you doing well, and what's going on? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, everything's going good this year. You know, I'm sure, you know, it's like, I'm just like everybody else. Last year was kind of a bust for everybody with the COVID uh, pandemic. But uh, the phone's been jumping off the hook uh, the last two, three weeks. So it really looks like this this year is going to be a great year in the East Cape. And what are you guys doing, the name of your company? What are you guys all about? So, yeah, um, just a little bit about my story. Uh, in 2007, uh, a buddy of mine brought me down here, said, you want to go to Mexico and we're going to do some fishing? And I said, heck yes. So he brought me down to this little town called Los Barillas, and, uh, man, I, I fell in love with it. The first, My first vacation, I was here for six days. And 
I'll tell you, it was, it's a little slice of paradise, at least for me. And um, so fast forward to 2017, I'm working for Smart and Final uh, as a regional produce supervisor, uh, doing about 35,000, 40,000 miles a year windshield time. And uh, I just got uh, really burnt out. And I said, you know what? And I, I just need to go try to, to make a living and try to figure out how to live in Baja. And uh, in 2018, after Fred Hall, I drove to Florida, where I was supposed to be uh, picking up a 26-foot Super Ponga uh, built in uh, Port St. Lucie. And they hadn't even started the boat. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I spent three weeks there. Actually, it was a blessing in disguise because I got to help them rig the boat. So I know where every, every wire is run, every screw is. I know where everything is on the boat, how it was rigged. So um, it was kind of a blessing. And then drove it all the way back to San Diego, spent three days in San Diego, and then drove all the way down, to the, Baja, down the Baja Peninsula to the East Cape here and, uh, and started low sporulous sport fishing. Um, yeah, it's been quite an adventure. Well, you know, at least you're in the right spot because Los Brillas, for people that don't know Cabo or around the East Cape and on the Baja Peninsula, Los Brillas is just inside uh, the eastern. Uh, it's east of Cabo San Lucas, and as you're turning a corner, it happens to be one of the fishiest areas in, in Mexico. Um, it's kind of like where the Pacific meets the Gulf in there and the hot water and cold water meet and all the bait stacks up in there and the fish stack up on the bait. So good choice. If you had to live someplace and play, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Leaving San Diego was kind of hard to do, you know, but I figured, you know, if this doesn't work, I can always go back to a, a beautiful, beautiful place in San Diego. But I'll tell you, living down here is just uh, it's been a dream come true. And it took about six months before I realized I didn't have to go back unless I wanted to. You know, most people come on vacation and, uh, you know, they got to go back after, you know, four or five days or a week or however long they spend here. But, you know, getting to live it is, is something special. And the fishing uh, can be absolutely outstanding. You know, it's still fishing, but uh, the fish, the fishery here is, is doing really well. Nick, I've got to ask you, I don't think of Florida as being the Ponga manufacturing capital of the world. Why did you choose uh, a company in Florida and knowing that you were going to have to take your rig and bring that all the way down to the East Cape? So in 2017, when I was looking for pongas, um, it was really of a challenge to find a center console ponga. Most of them are like, you know, the, the ones you would typically see uh, with a bimini top and, and whatnot. And I, I just didn't want that. I, fishing SoCal, being a bass guy. I wanted a center console, full walk around where people can fight fish, have the space they needed to do it. And um, there's a few manufacturers in, in Texas now that are making them, but the closest, the closest, only one I really found was out of Florida. And there was a few different manufacturers, and I went, I selected one of them, and and we just went to went to work on it. You know, so that's that's the story behind that. Okay, you know, tell us uh, with. Uh... Uh, Los Barillos Adventures, people give you a call, and then what happens after that? Are you working out of the hotels? Are you offering a package to them? Or tell us a little bit about your business. Right. Okay. So um, my my fishing boat and uh, is, is, yes, is staying in Palmas de Cortez Hotel. 
but I'm a completely independent contractor, which means Palmas doesn't give me any help or do anything for me with my fishing business. So basically, once you call, you um, call or you can go on the website and reserve days straight from the website. Our, our calendar is real time. You can book a day or as many as you want to right on the calendar, right on line, or you can give me a phone call. And uh, so once you book, we send you some information, and then once you get in town, we'll touch base and uh, take care of any needs you might have, Rent you, uh, let you borrow a surf rod or something like that. You know, I got a little clutch from that. But, uh, yeah, I just I just try to bring uh, U.S. customer service down here to the Baja. Um, it's something that's it's a little bit, uh, I don't want to say poor, but it, it's a just different style. Um, where unless you need something, you have to ask for it down here, so to speak. But, so I try to bring American customer service down. I'll walk you through everything and, and get you on some fish. Um, something to add, we start, I'm starting two new businesses this year. Um, it, right now, most, most boaters or most fishermen have to dr- go about a 45 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes north or to the south to find premium sardines, the sardinas we call them. And we are starting, uh, my part, business partner and I are starting a business this year. We're going to drive up, get the, uh, the sardinas and bring them down to Los Barillas and sell them right in front of Palmas de Cortez Hotel. So we built some bait receivers for that. We have a couple pongas. One ponga is going to be doing the catching and one ponga is going to be doing the selling every single morning in front of Palmas de Cortez. Now that's a that's great awesome. idea. Yeah, that's excellent. You know, yeah. uh, Nick. Stan brought to uh, our attention that he thought that the you know the area the waters off Los Barillos where the uh, the Pacific Ocean uh, for the most part meets the Gulf of Mexico are some of the most fertile when it comes to sports fishing. Uh, tell us about some of the opportunities that are there because you know a lot of people they go to Cabo San Lucas maybe they go to uh, La Paz maybe not as familiar with the East Cape so. What do you have to offer them when it comes to fishing? Well, we pretty much we have the same opportunities as Cabo does um, with basically you have your blue marlin, black marlin, striped marlin. Striped marlin being the most, most frequently caught here. Uh, yellowfin tuna um, stack up pretty good sometimes off the banks, and it's only a 15 to 20-minute run, or it could be you know 40-mile run. But it's been a good fishery the last few years. Um, we also have Wahoo. Uh, we've taken, we're already starting to pick up Wahoo, uh, near the island, uh, right now. So that's another thing. And we're roosters. Rooster fish are available on the beach here, which are an absolute blast to catch. They fight pound for pound just as hard as any fish you'll want to catch in your life. We also have a, an incredible bass fishery down here that is just completely untapped. Um, hawkfish. Uh, there's cabria. Most people call them cabrias, but it's an incredible fishery. Any kind of like creature bait you drop down, swim bait, uh, top water bait, just gets absolutely hammered. And nobody is fishing for these things down here. Um, I'm the only guy that I know that goes inshore, gets tight like we would at San Clemente or one of the islands, pick your island, and, and fishes like the way we do in Southern California down here. So it's an amazing cabria or bass fishery as well and and tell us about a normal day of fishing uh that uh, that you offer uh i know you can probably tailor it to what the 
the the fishermen ask for. But you know, sometimes the standards that we see down in Mexico aren't necessarily what we see up here in the upper 48. So, tell us about the program you offer. So yeah, we really do try to tailor to what our what our client is, is targeting. Uh, a lot of people have a bucket list fish, you know, the rooster on their their bucket list fish. So, um, or maybe it's a tuna, but we really do try to cater. But we really we try to leave in the morning about 6:30. The tractor from Palmas uh, puts us in the water. We will take you out, and you know, we will. My captain will give you the options of what fish are biting. If, you know, you want to fish for tuna, he'll tell you, we can do that, but there's just not that many tuna around. We're going to try to do anything we can to be open, transparent with our customer, our client, and do what they want to do, but also uh, kind of temper the expectations as well. So, we, you know, we're, we really want to see our clients catch fish at the end of the day, right? So we're going to try to do whatever we can to make sure that that happens. And tell us about the range that you offer that you can take fish. You mentioned the aisle, and uh, I'm going to imagine that with Saralvo Island, you can go there. Can you go uh, uh, down to uh, the uh, uh, the bank, Putafrales, or or what's your range that you can cover within a day? Yes, absolutely. In a full day, I mean, we, we carry 50 gallons of gas, and we have a range that it just about, you know, all the big boats do, um, providing the, the weather cooperates. Uh, we can, we can, yes, absolutely fish Geraldo. We can go down. We even fish the Hyman, uh, banks, the upper Hyman there. So we, we have a huge range on the boat. I mean, we'll go anywhere and, and do anything that anybody else does. Uh, we don't have a, a limitation on full days or half days where we can go. It's just going to limit your fishing time. If you wanted to try to make it to the island in a half day, might only get a couple hours of fishing in, but I've had days on that island where we're fishing bass, and every second cast you were on. I mean, you, we literally caught about probably about 200 fish uh, in, in a couple hours. So, the, the, you know, we'll, we'll do whatever we need to do to, to make sure people have fun. So how many passengers can you take on the Ponga, and then do you supply lunch? Um, yes, lunch is an option. It, it doesn't come with the uh, initial ticket, but uh, lunch is an option. We do have a, a local lady that makes fantastic lunches we bring aboard. Um, that's that's no problem. Um, tell me your first question again, Wendy. I'm sorry. How many passengers can you take? Okay, yes, passengers. So, I mean, we could fish four very comfortably on our boat. However, Mexican law only allows us to take three passengers on a ponga. Uh, on our size, 26 to 28 foot, we can only take three passengers. But sometimes, you know, being Mexico, we can stretch that a little bit. If it's a family, uh, or you got some younger children with you, we can, we can, we can do four people. Wow. And then, how about your catch afterwards? Uh, when you uh, bring fish in, uh, uh, what are the options that uh, fishermen have that, to do with their catch? Yes. Yeah, so we can fillet them for you once we get off the water. Or um, there's a local place in town called the Smokehouse, or Smokies, commonly known as, um, that will, will take your cash from you. They will fillet it. They vac seal it in, like, I believe it's 8-millimeter bag, so it's an incredibly thick bag, and they will flash freeze it. They also offer uh, temporarily or, or uh, 
cardboard, insulated cardboard boxes that you can bring your fish home if you didn't, you don't feel like lugging a cooler down. But they will freeze it for you. And I want to say they're around a dollar a pound. So they're very reasonable um, in what they do, and they're very good at what they do. So that, that would be the option. Uh, other than lugging your cooler down, having Smokies process your fish. Now, if you're staying in other places besides Palmas de Cortez, let's say Rancho Leonardo or Buena Vista or, or what, any of the other places, can you accommodate uh, uh, guests that are staying there? Yes, absolutely. Any hotel in the East Cape, we will pick you up right on the beach. As long as you can make it to the beach, you can drop me a pin, and we can give it to the captain, and he can pick you up at Rancho Leonardo or any of the major resorts. Uh, or Airbnbs, and, and as a matter of fact, here in town. Uh, as long as you're able to get on the boat on the beach, um, we'll, we'll, we'll stop by and pick you up, and then when we're done with the day, we'll drop you off in that same exact spot. Wow, that sounds good. Well, give us what's happening currently over there. I, I've, I've seen some report, if I'm not mistaken, of yellowtail there. Is, is that true? What's biting? Yeah, you know, there's been some actually slug yellows caught this year up by Toralbo Island. Um, they they do frequent down here off the La Rivera Bank, which is only a 15, 20-minute run for us. Um, but they just haven't been here recently. So everybody's been going up to the island to fish, which is about an hour and 30, hour and 45-minute run for us. But there's been absolute lights-out yellowtail fishing. Uh, limits coming just about every day for most anglers that are that are willing to brave a little bit of the wind. Uh, conditions, you know, we're right now we're in a transition period where the wind will blow for a couple days and then it will be calm for a few days. Um, hopefully by early next month, uh, you know, maybe the second week in April, uh, we should be seeing more calmer days than windy days. But, yes, the yellowtail bite is fantastic. There's been some wahoo caught up by the island recently, which is uncharacteristic for for them because they really like water. Oh, I'd say, you know, like 76 to, you know, 82, something in that area. But we've already seen wahoo, which is is really unique for for this time of year. Weather can change any time. You know, like today in San Diego, here where we broadcast from, uh, the high was uh, 87 degrees. So, you know, what can I tell you on that? Is there an optimum time or a good time, better time to to come and be with you? I I like to say you go fishing when you can go fishing. But what's the prime time to book you, uh, Nick? Yeah, you know, same with down here. As long as you can get down here, we pretty much can put you on fish, uh, weather permitting during the wintertime. But usually the, the traditional fishing season starts, I would say, mid-April, and we'll go all the way through until uh, no, through November. Now, your prime months out of those would probably be uh, middle of May through middle of October. Um, the later you wait, the warmer the water gets. Sometimes the water gets too warm. You know, the fish will sink out just because the surface tents are so incredibly warm. But I, I would say anytime, like you, like you were saying, anytime you can go fishing, go fishing. But June through October is our prime months here. Wow. Well, Nick Dragmeyer from uh, Los Barillos Adventures. How's the best way to get a hold of you and find out maybe some of the details that we didn't talk about over here and, and book a trip with you? 
Sounds good. Um, so, yes, Los Barrios Adventures is a new company, another new company we're starting this year. We're offering snorkeling trips, uh, echo tours, and uh, the sunset or booze cruises in the afternoon. You can find that information on losbarillasadventures.com. For our fishing operation, we are losbarillasportfishing.com. So we've got a couple businesses running down here. Uh, I'd love to answer anybody's questions you have on fishing or hotels or anything that I can do to make your stay an enjoyable one down here. Just shoot me a shoot me an email. Uh, my phone number, you can reach me by phone, 619-993-6689. Well, Dick, we wish you the the much success over there. It sounds like you're on, you're well on your way to doing it. Uh, kind of living the dream. I, I it, uh, Stan, did you have have the dream of give up insurance and go down to fish full time down uh, at, on the south tip of Baja? Well, you know, I down in Mexico a month out of the year, basically. <laughs> so, you know, I get the fish. I'll, I'll, around the arena down there from, you know, the guys up at Axel at Buena Vista Beach Resort and down where he is uh, fishing down just a little bit south of that. And uh, the area, it just holds so much different variety of fishing. And when he's doing the inshore stuff, that's my absolute favorite. Of course, he's a bass fisherman. I'm a bass fisherman. We can't help ourselves. Um, but... <laughs> understanding how to approach all the different styles of fishing from a bass fisherman's side of things, it's real easy for us to change that uh, switch over to the saltwater and understand how to make that. And you'll learn every time you go out. Every time you go out there, you're going to learn something new with the fish. They'll teach you uh, what you're doing wrong real quick, but they'll teach you how to do it better the next time too. And then learning you know, the seasons as they come in and out, uh, all I think is Nick's going to be smiling a lot because he's going to have so much fun. The rest of us are stuck here. <laughs> oh, Nick, and you know, <laughs> you, you were you were kind of poo-pooing bass fishing, but I tell you, when it comes to table fare, is there anything better to eat? It's pretty good, I'm telling you. Like uh, the 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 hawkfish, I was telling you earlier. I mean, these things are getting really big. We've got the groupers down here. They're absolutely delicious. No, there's, there's, it's pretty darn good eating. Well, you've got right. Capria. You've got, you know, that when that, the snapper comes up and it, and it starts uh, spawning, I mean, on, and you can get that. There's the, that fish, those two fish right there are just eaters. Wahoo, good Lord. Everybody knows that's one of the eatingest fish out there. So, and you've got Dorado as much as you want, you know, the, uh, so, I mean, you've got your choices of what you want to catch and eat, which is really, really good stuff. Hey, Nick, one of these days I'm going to come out because uh, my bucket list is a 60-pound rooster. Ooh-wee. Wow, that's a good size <laughs> one. But, hey, we would love to have you come down. Absolutely. Absolutely, you know, Wendy. You know, Nick, <laughs> and, and when uh, uh, Big Tuna Bill was alive, he uh, – Loved fishing down there, and one of his things was to go over to San Bartolo and get the mangoes because uh, San Bartolo is reportedly have some of the best mangoes in the world, and we'd bring those back, and the people at the hotel would fix fish up for us, and they'd, they'd have it with mango this and mango that and everything, and it was a real treat. Uh, that area is just full of opportunities, and we want to thank you very much for being on and kind of 
letting us know what's happening down there. We wish you much success, and we look forward to seeing you real soon. Yes, thanks for having me on. Anytime you guys would like a fish report, feel free to reach out. I'll come on for five minutes or whatever and give people uh, what's going on down in Los Barillas. All right. Hey, I will send that, you. I will send you customers, my friend. <laughs> I got absolutely. lots of people. Thank working you very in much. That area. All right, Nick Dagmeyer from uh, Los Barillas Adventures. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I we're going to take a break right now. But coming up next, Captain Mike Frank Check, owner operator of Relentless Sports Fishing, is going to be with us. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more to come after these messages. This is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that'll help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all the major brands, and if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. I can't wait to spend some quality time with my son fishing this year, teaching him about casting, how to choose bait, set the hook, and how to be safe on the water by always wearing a life jacket. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Have you dreamed of experiencing the world-class in and offshore fishing off the exotic, tropical Pacific coast of mainland Mexico? Why not fish the sailfish capital of the world, Manzanillo, Mexico, with the folks you know and trust, Cedros Outdoor Adventures. In Manzanillo, you can find roosterfish, sailfish, marlin, tuna, dorado, and more, all within 20 miles of the shore. Our friends at Cedros Outdoor Adventures are offering an all inclusive travel package to Manzanillo that makes your winter fishing dreams a reality for a special price of $21.95. Cedros Outdoor Adventures is a name you learn to trust for safety and value, but these trips are available for a limited time only, starting this fall through March 2021. Learn further trip details and make your reservation at cedrosoutdooradventures.com or call at 619-793-5419. 
Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online in the convenience of your own home or office in minutes now with BajaBound.com's easy-to-use website. After printing your auto insurance, check out the BajaBound.com site. There, too, you will find great travel tips and information to help you get the most out of your next road trip south of the border. So this is an important fact to remember. Use BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod Real Radio. Hey, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't at least check in to see what's happening in the Southern California area here off our local shores because it looks like things are heating up. What better person to get in contact with, though, than Captain Mike Franchak, owner-operator of Relentless for, uh, Sports Fishing. Captain Mike, how's everything going with you, sir? Oh, good, John. It's a beautiful afternoon down here. It's starting to feel like spring. How, how are you doing? Well, we are doing great, but, you know, the question you know, is, the question, there's been there's some been, tuna reported out there. There's been some yellowtail. What are you hearing? Oh, uh, yeah, you know, things are kind of, kind of shaping up here. We've had we've had close to a year-round presence of bluefin. Um, guys, guys, uh, guys have been seeing that all through the winter. Um, water's kind of cooled off last last couple weeks. I think in large part, kind of wind driven. We've had one one weather system after another coming through for like three weeks. Um, they're seeing good sign of fish. I think it's I think it's just waiting for. Uh, the right conditions start biting a little bit. I know a couple guys had triple-digit bluefin this weekend on trips and some kelp patty yellowtail. And then uh, definitely the major the major spring development here has been uh, yellowtail fishing there at the Coronado Islands. And and tell us about that. What what is what do what do people have to do to catch yellowtail at the Coronados? And what grade of fish are we talking about there? Uh, you know, the first thing they have to do is uh, probably hop on a boat, <laughs> make a reservation, go fishing. Guys are uh, guys are starting to, to put themselves online every day fishing the islands. Uh, weekends have been filling up. It's it's mostly yo-yo fishing. Um, early season, coastal yellowtail yellowtail fishing. You're, you're fishing a lot of heavy iron on uh, 40, 50, or 60 pound. You're fishing your your shallow 6x heavies and tatty 40s and and your favorite yellowtail uh, yo-yo jigs, and um, you know it's kind of been mixed the last couple of days. There's, I think there's a, a little bit more of a body of fish that's moved in, um, and there's some mixed grade. It looks like there's some eight to twelve pound fish in the mix, where previously everything that was being caught was about fifteen to twenty five pounds. So mixed, uh, mixed schools, mixed mixed grade schools in there, and um, I I think that represents a larger body of fish that's kind of kind of moved in there and gotten with it. Um, every day has been different. Um, sounds like they, they saw more fish than they caught today. Um, but, uh, it's, that's kind of typical for that stuff to not to bite for, for, you know, a day or two. And then all of a sudden, right about the time you, you kind of write that stuff off, guys go out there and start having, having mornings for 60 to hundred fish. So I think it's just going to be a, a consistent fishery throughout the spring. And best thing to do is keep an eye on the fish counts. And when it's been biting for a day or so, definitely, definitely jump on a trip because, um, Chances are you're going to get you're going to get a couple couple days shots of biting fish all, all through the spring in there. Um, hey, 
We're uh, we're speaking with Mike Franchek, owner operator of Relentless Sports Fishing out of H and M Landing. Uh, Mike, tell us about your schedule for uh, 2021. What kind of trips are you going to be offering, and and uh, you know what we need to know about the Relentless. You know, um, we're, our charter calendar is uh, as full as it ever has been. We'll be we'll be busy, busy, busy from uh, from June through October. Um, Mid to late spring, we've put together a little bit of an open party schedule, uh, pretty much banking on that bluefin fishing. We've, we've had some of the best bluefin fishing in the last couple of years between March and, uh, I'd say, you know, early June. Um, that stuff has really stuck around, and, and, and we've had some of our most consistent fishing on that, that early in the year. Like I said, April in particular, April, May. And then we've had very good fishing on that stuff late in the year, November, December, late October. Um, so yeah, we're we're looking to get in on that stuff as early as uh, April 9th would be our next open party trip, and all that's a combination of day and a half and then day and three quarter stuff, and uh, it's pretty much uh, targeting bluefin exclusively. There has been some Calpetti yellowtail, like 12 to 25 pound fish, um, so that's always a nice a nice uh, insurance plan when you're driving around. But for the most part, we are looking to, to target trophy bluefin. And uh, just tell us a little bit about the Relentless for people that aren't familiar with the vessel and the amenities it offers, how many people can fish, and the type of trips that you're going to be offering. Yeah, we're 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 pretty much exclusively chartered. Um, we uh, we sleep up to 21 guys, guys and gals, and uh, we'll fish up to three days. We do mostly one one to three day stuff. A lot of twos, a lot of two and a halfs. Um, we sleep 15. In uh, three bunk staterooms, and we have six open berths as well. Um, the boat fish is 21 just fine. Most of our groups like 16, 18 guys. We definitely do have some some midweek availability uh, throughout the year for charters, and then we do try to supplement our schedule with some limited load open party. Uh, pretty much all, all limited to, to 18 or 20 20 people. Okay, and and in this day and age. Uh, Everyone has, is aware of uh, COVID protocols. Uh, what are you doing on the relentless to ensure that your passengers stay safe? Yeah, you know, that's something that gets monitored on a, on a week-by-week basis. I think just like any, any um, commercial entity across, across the United States, combination of CDC guidelines as well as uh, county, county guidelines and recommendations, we are, uh, we are requiring facial coverings. Uh, we are... Um, Implementing six foot of social distancing whenever possible. Obviously, conditions at sea sometimes super super vent that. Um, and then we are sanitizing everything with antiviral sanitizer after each use, including uh, all galley areas and, and head areas and, and, and berthing as well. So, pretty much well, just keeping uh, keeping up to par with uh, everything that's been recommended to us since since uh, I believe June sixth last year is when we started operating again. Well, Mike, from all indications, uh, you know, we've talked to a few of the skippers, uh, you know, earlier in the year, and they believe that 2021 will be as epic, if not even more so, than uh, uh, 2020. Uh, what's your take on it from what you're hearing? Yeah, I mean, we've, it, we've, we've certainly been in a, a, a pretty steady cycle. Um, there's no reason to think that this will be any, any drastically different than I did the last six or seven, you know, maybe we're not going to, we might not have the extreme warm water event that we did in 2014 and 2015. Um, but that bluefin has been a, a close to a year round fishery for us. 
Um, there's already uh, um, offshore yellows pretty early for, for 15 to 20-pound yellows on kelps. Um, good good sign of yellowtail on the coast all the way up through uh, all the way up through uh, Catalina and, and, and the southern Channel Islands. There's, there's sign of yellowtail. So I think uh, I think we'll be in for another another similar season. You know, I think uh, spend a lot of our time early and late in the year targeting targeting trophy bluefin. Um, you know, hopefully we get a little warm water push and we're we're we're, we're fishing fishing that school size yellowfin for a good portion of our summer. And then, especially as a charter boat, it should have been nice to be able to kick the anchor over somewhere and, and catch good great yellowtail. So it's it's been good for us, and I, I think we'll see a very similar year looking at 2021. Wow, that, that sounds and, amazing. And the interesting thing this year is, like I said, our some of our best biting bluefin the last uh, five years has been in April, and and this year we'll be able to fish it. Whereas last year we were definitely uh, wa- watching uh, our, our COVID situation develop and, and sitting at the dock. So very much looking forward to getting getting back out there here in April. So you you say that uh, your charter schedule is really filling up nicely. Now's the time to book. Uh, what are what are the uh, uh, you know the key times that you still have available, and how do people get a hold of you to find out more about relentless sports fishing and booking with you, Mike? Yeah, they can give me a, a call personally anytime six one nine eight one eight five six six four six one nine eight one eight five six six four, and then relentless charters at outlook.com for any charter inquiries. We definitely have midweek availability for uh, one days and day and a half. Um, two days, um, and then anything open party-wise is definitely through H&M Landing, and our schedule along with everybody else's schedule is, is available um, H&M Landing at hmlanding.com, and you can certainly call them at 619-222-1144, and they'll be glad to give you a, a rundown of what, what the landing's got going on as well. Okay, Mike, uh, I know you're really pressed for time tonight. We appreciate you uh taking and talking with us and our listening audience. And we look forward to not only seeing you, but fishing with you in the coming year where, you know, and hopefully we can catch up with you from time to time and get a report on what's happening. Thank you. Thanks a lot for being uh, with absolutely. us. Absolutely. No, thank, thanks, for take, thanks for taking the time. And uh, we'll, uh, we're wrapping up a little bit of winter maintenance and we'll be back fishing uh, on, on the uh, 9th of April. So we'll, we'll give you a rundown then. All right, Mike. Thanks a lot. You bet. Captain Mike Frankcheck from uh, Relentless Sports Fishing out of H&M Landing. Well, Stan and Wendy, I don't know what I can tell you. The, the, uh, the hour and a half has gone by really pretty quickly. But, Wendy, I noticed that you had a chance to go out this past week and do a little fishing yourself. How did it turn out? It turned out great. Weather was nice. You know, the swells are a little big, but uh, it, it was great fishing. We, we caught a lot of fish, nice size fish, and I love my new Tanacom 1000. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do. Now, Wendy, tell us why, for a lot of the people that don't know what the Tanacom 1000 is, explain to us what it is and why you like it. Well, I'm a lazy fisherman in my old age. <laughs> and, no, no, no. There's, it's wisdom. You know, you don't like turning the handle from 1,000 feet. <laughs> right. Yeah, so the Tenacom 1000 is made by Daiwa. It, it's an electric reel, and what a lifesaver. 
Wow. I Especially love it. I love it. It's great. It's so easy to use. Uh, you don't even have to read the instructions. It's, you know, it's just super easy. Anyone can use it. <laughs> I understand the big instruction is keep your fingers away from the reel when it's, uh, you know, when it's on. Absolutely. You don't want your fingers near the level line. Yeah. Wendy, how deep are you uh, You guys normally fishing right now? Um, pretty deep, about 1,000. Oh, no kidding. That's why she likes that reel so much. Have you ever tried <laughs> to turn the handle on 1,000 yards of, of line? And, a... and during the course of your trip out, how many drops will uh, uh, you and Merritt make? And are you fishing with two reels? Or is there a limit on the number of reels you can use? Tell Tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, it's pretty hard to fish two. We, we, we try to put two down at a time if we can, if the current's right. If not, they get tangled up in each other. So, uh, we, you know, sometimes we take turns. Sometimes it takes us four drops each and we're done. Sometimes it takes us until dark to catch enough fish to, to sell the next day. Uh, it just all depends. I think more... Um, during the wintertime, it was really tough fishing, um, but now coming into, you know, spring and summer, fishing is getting better. And when it comes to baiting your rigs, do you like using uh, squid? Do you like using uh, anchovies? Are you using artificial? What, what's working out best for you? Well, I make my, my own uh, flies, rockfish flies, and then uh, we'll tip them with sardine, or if we get a small green stripe, we'll cut him up and use him. We'll use squid. Um, but what's interesting is right now we're seeing them cough up red crab. Oh, yeah. All the way up there. That's amazing. You know, that biomass of, of red crab and bait is huge. It's, it goes further than people think. Yeah. And what do you... Where do you, what do you do with your catch afterwards? Uh, what happens to your fish? Well, we uh, take them over to Cypress, California, and we sell them um, on Saturdays, um, weather permitting. And how sales been for you? Sales are awesome. The people are awesome. Once they taste the fresh fish, it's nothing like you can buy in the store. I mean, we fish on Fridays and sell on Saturdays. It's the freshest you're going to find. Wow. You can't beat that. Well, you know, Stan, Stan, just talk a little bit about the bass fishing. You know, down here in San Diego, lakes like El Capitan have been on fire. There was a, a, a tournament here not that long ago that uh, we had 38 pounds first place, 37 pounds second place. It took 20 pounds to get in the top 10. The lakes are still ch uh, putting out good fish. How about up there in the L.A. area? I know you've had a chance to fish a couple of tournaments. You obviously didn't do as well in some of them as you wanted to do, but how is the fishing in general? Well, in general, you know, they're just starting to to heat up. Casitas uh, is right on the coast. I mean, it's right over the hill from the ocean. And it because it's at ocean, at the very bottom of the, the barometer here, we're in, things start to heat up, it heats up first. As you go up the hill in the mountains, you know, it's a little bit later on that the spawn happens. And But at Casitas, it's been, no matter what you do, in every tournament, you got to have 20 pounds or over to 
to win. And sometimes it's 20 pounds or over to get a check like it was down. Well, like you guys have seen uh, down below there, that last tournament, 38 pounds is phenomenal. We haven't seen that in tournaments for years. So watching this transition, you know, when big fish are, are around, they're around for a season because they don't last forever either. But when they're there, you got to get them. And uh, the tournaments that I've been in, I've had, in one circuit, I got a, a fifth, a fourth, and a third. So all I need is a first and a second. I can have a straight. But it, it's it got me leading the angle of the year race by a chunk. Um, there's a newer circuit that used to be the Juan Bass circuit that started up up there and went back up this weekend. And 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 the fish faked me out. I got the first three fish in 15 to 20. And then sun came up a little higher. And they moved to 35 to 40. And I didn't get a chance to follow them that far. So I ended up in 12th. But... That being said, the fishery, it, it took 25 pounds, 25.23 pounds to win. The guy had all five pounders in the bag. Um, wow. Big fish was almost seven pounds, but in the second place guys that had 20, 22 pounds. Um, so, I mean, you're, what you're looking at, you know, f- the fishing is really starting to, to, go well because we this has been our first spawn moon was this this last weekend on sunday um so you saw a lot of these lakes where the fish will move up and they're starting to spawn they they don't all spawn at once but you'll have the first movement of the year and as the water continues to warm and stay warmer we will lose these cold spots that have been coming through the next full moons of these lakes is going to be game game on every uh, there's going to be a lot of bigger fish up on the bank uh and you'll have a couple of months here really excellent fishing yeah and it's stan on the saltwater side as uh mike uh franchek was uh alluding, uh alluding to uh yellowtail fishing at the islands has just come off big time uh it started uh, the middle of last week uh, san diego went out there and they picked up, I think, like on Thursday or Friday, they had uh, 26. And on Saturday, they had over 100 fish. And then uh, also uh, uh, Danny Wade was reporting that uh, he went out with uh, Captain Chuck Taft on the uh, legend. And they they did pretty well on the yellowtail over there. The fish are from 12 to 20 pounds. It's yo-yo fishing, dropper loop fishing, but... You know, it just goes to show you, don't wait for the dock totals. I mean, go fishing when you can go fishing. And as soon as we start getting some better weather offshore, I think we're going to be seeing some incredible bluefin fishing uh, uh, this year. It just seems to be really good. Looks like, you know, I mean, we've we've already seen some really excellent. There's usually a January push of that. Yellowtail used to be to the Coronados and uh, early in the in the season, and we've seen that now where there's another push that came up a little bit and then kind of went away, and now it's come back. Um, but the islands here, you know, the guys that are going back and forth, you'll see, you know, the white sea bass thing is starting. They'll start up here, and uh, and that fishery, you know, depending on how much squid shows up, um, can be entertaining as I'll get out here, but I think it's just going to be another banner year, especially with all the, we have that, you know, we've had the people on from the bluefin uh, foundation or whatever it is. And the volume of the fish that's out there is massive. I mean, we've got a biomass of bait, which is like Wendy was saying with the crab down deep all the way up. And that's up and further North. And, and if that fish is eating red crab up North, 
that just tells us there's going to be a lots and lots of, of fish that are going to be caught this year. So, you know, and, and we, you know, we want to emphasize too, that you get young fishermen like Braden Stevenson, who we had on, he doesn't have the big expensive bass boat. He doesn't necessarily have all the gears. He is fishing right now at Santee Lakes and Santee Lakes, you know, is sort of like a underappreciated body of water. It, it's, reclaimed water that's in the bed of San Diego River, located in Santee, real close to the intersection of uh, 52 and Mass Boulevard. But there are some great fish in there, just like you find in Irvine Lake or you find in the uh, uh, the Corona River Lakes up there. I mean, bass are really adaptable, and you can find them in some of the most unlikeliest places. And here you have a young man. A 15-1 on a rattle trap with six-pound test line. Just a great achievement. You, you don't need the big boats and all the expensive gear to go out and get those fish. You can fish San Diego Bay. You can fish river lakes like Santee. It, it's, a, it's a great sport, Stan and Wendy. Oh, you're not kidding. Yeah, I just think it's awesome. Uh, he's, he's got a great future ahead of him as far as he was able, he's only 15 years old. He was great at speaking, uh, public speaker. I, I think he's going to have a great future if he wants to pursue fishing. Yeah, right. I thought that was really. a good idea. I thought it was a great idea to get him on that BBZ list for the state, you know, and turn that in and uh, be a part of that where he could go and compete against 54 other, you know, kids and, and, uh, and get even scholarships for college. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Absolutely. And for you people that know uh, what's happening, our, our good friend Bill Sumatel is running the uh, the Big Bass Junior Championships. And what they do is they take uh, qualifiers from each state in the union. The kids can uh, enter the event. They can submit their largest fish. The, the winners from each state uh, get to go to a big fish off the past couple of years, Billy Chapman. At the Willow's End, uh, up uh, out of Coeur d'Alene and Priest Lake, had been sponsoring it. But Billy is taking it to the new, the next level right now. Where this year they're going to be fishing out of Branson, Missouri. Uh, I, I don't know what lake they're going to be on. Great prizes, scholarships. It's going to be uh, pretty neat. So, well, guys, it sounds like with the music, it's time to say goodnight for tonight. So. Hey, Wendy, thanks for your contribution. Stan, great job tonight. Always, always. Talk to you guys next week. All right. Catch you a little later. Best wishes for big fishes. All right, guys. Hey, on behalf of Stan and Wendy, also Otto and I am 540 Studios. And always, in memory of Big Tuna Bill, Eddie McCune, and Mr. Paul Leader, we want to thank everyone for listening tonight. We'll be back next Sunday night on Rod Real Radio starting at 5.05 p.m. So stay tuned. We appreciate you listening. Thank you. Thanks, our guest tonight, Jimmy Houston. Thanks for calling in, talking with uh, with Braden. It was uh, a big moment in his life. So, everyone, until then, good night, everyone. We're out for now. We'll see you next time. Cows need milking in the barn. I have the twins on that detail. They each take a side. But you just don't give a darn. Give them four bits of cow and hand lotion. You just never seem to learn. Man, you taught me. 
You ain't got no ambition. You're convincing Confusion. Got your hound dog by your side. That's old Cindy Lou going with you. Confusion. Fleas are biting at his hide. Get away from me, boys. You're bothering me. Folks won't find us now because Mr. Satch and Mr. Cross, we gone fishing. Instead of just a wishing, bop, 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 bop,